Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hey! Normally, this is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, but uh, as as you all know... We're, we're a- still in lockdown! <laughs> no movies for Bonzo! <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, I don't like it. I know. I mean, I mean, there's nothing to do. I mean, you can't go to the theater. You can't go out to eat. You can't go have a cocktail at a bar. No concerts. No sports. I mean, like all diversions are yeah. canceled. And so it's yeah, you just you feel it in the summer. Yeah. Like when you need those diversions. And all the kids are home, knocking on your door when you don't want anything. <laughs> kids need something to do. You know, for the time being, you know, movies are canceled, so we're just talking about what we've, what we've been watching here at home. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about two British gangster films. Uh, the first is Steven Soderbergh's The Limey from 1999, uh, followed up by Jonathan Glazer's Sexy Beast from 2000. And uh, I believe these both of these were new to you. I'd seen them, but uh, th- these are new to you, correct? They they were brand new to me. Never saw them before in my life. Yeah, had you um, had you heard, heard of these films? No, these are pretty under the radar films. Yeah, I mean, they're both kind of low budget. Yeah, uh, crime movies. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the Limey. It was directed by Steven Soderbergh. It came out in 1999, and the IMDb plot summary reads: An extremely volatile and dangerous Englishman goes to Los Angeles to find the man he considers responsible for his daughter's death. And uh, this movie has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics enjoyed this one. I mean, 1999, that's a great year for movies. That was a hell of a year. That was a good year. I mean, we're talking Fight Club. We're talking Magnolia. We're talking The Matrix. Yeah. Election. Yeah, this was... uh, It it didn't make that much money. It made about $3 off of a $10 million budget. That's all that that it cost to make? That's not bad. I actually... When I saw that, I mean... That's really low. $10 million... I don't know, considering just how small scale the movie is, $10 million kind of seems like a lot. <laughs> and considering how efficient Soderbergh is, I mean, $10 million, where did that all go? I guess to the actors. Yeah. Because there's not a it, whole it lot. It would be actors. This is all yeah, just kind of like interiors. I guess there's like one car chase at one point, but there's not a lot of fireworks in this movie. Well, I guess, yeah, and a lot of the, the murder and the mayhem happens kind of off camera. Like the, the guy goes, the limey. The dad goes into the warehouse shooting up people, but it's all caught off, off camera except one dude. And that's, yeah, that's a great early scene. And that's Terrence Stamp. He plays Wilson. And yeah, he's just, he's in this warehouse because uh, he thinks uh, they might have a lead mm-hmm. on where his daughter's last whereabouts were. And these guys just beat the shit out of him. Well, yeah, we all know that his daughter died. Yeah. And a, I think it was a car accident. He believes it's a car accident. Yeah, but he believes it was murder. Yeah, and that's that's why yeah. he's in L.A. He wants to get to the bottom of it. And so in this early scene, he's getting the shit kicked out of him, and they toss him right out of the garage. Yep. And, and you think it's done. You yeah, think, like, I mean, there's this poor can, old man. I mean, Terrence Stamp, oh. like, just beating and bleeding on the ground. And you really don't know about Terrence's background. Yeah, this is really one of the first scenes in the movie. No, he's got, like, a hidden gun, yeah. like, like, tucked away in his sock. And he goes right back into the warehouse and we hear multiple gunshots go off, and he murders, I think, everyone but one. One runs away. One's the messenger. And like he's like screaming out to this guy, like, you tell them I'm coming? Yeah. You tell him! You tell him I'm coming! Tell him I'm fucking coming! It, yeah, it, it's a great scene. 
And you'd be forgiven for expecting, I guess, more kind of big scenes like that in this film. But that doesn't really happen. No. The movie kind of just settles down into like a lower key sort of character study. Well, it's suspense, you know, because the the bad guy doesn't really know who's out to get him. I would argue there's not that much suspense in this. I think that... The bad guy, he doesn't know who is out to get him. And there's suspense there. Like, who is it? Why are they after me? Like, what? what's going on? I well, don't that's, know. That's the big ultimate confrontation the movie's leading to. It's going to lead to Peter Fonda. Yeah. He's the guy that his daughter was shacked up with yeah. before she died. And he's a record executive. Uh, well cast here. Peter yeah. Fonda playing this guy because uh, I think like most of his records kind of have like a 60s-ish vibe. I think they said well, at one yeah, point. He's he known was, for like he, 60s. Yeah, he was old school. Yeah, and that's, I mean, great producer. Great casting to get Peter Fonda in there. But yeah, that's that's the conflict that this movie, the whole movie is building to. It's going to be Wilson versus Peter Fonda. And so, yeah, that's, if there's any kind of tension or suspense, it's from there. Yeah. But typically, this movie doesn't, like, lean into, like, suspenseful set pieces. It's it's mostly just dialed back as, as a like, a kind of a low-key character study. A typical Soderbergh movie. Yeah. Like, Soderbergh's not a big suspense guy. He's known for Ocean's Eleven, those movies. I, I thought there was a lot of suspense in those movies. Suspense? You're not, like, on the edge of your seat on Ocean's Eleven. You're kind of, you're laughing. Well, you're it's, like, it's, it's, it's oh, a hangout movie. It's a hangout movie. It's like a whodunit. Like, I... You're I not like, oh, are they going to get away with it? You know they're going to get away with it. Well, yeah. All I'm saying is Steven Soderbergh, his movies typically have just a, a laid-back, character-driven kind of vibe. Yeah. He's not one for big set pieces. So it's just, it, this movie's fitting with his style, is all that I'm saying. He's not like I, he's more character driven than a lot of suspense movies where it's just kind of like a wham bam like you're on your seat, you know, car chasing. The way you generate suspense you know? yeah. typically is through editing, right? And the way this movie's edited, it's kind of non-chronological. We kind of cut around to various points in time. So that in my in my view that kind of diffuses a lot of the tension. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're not really like stuck in one place for like a really sustained period. It's kind of impressionistic, yeah. his approach. That's true. That's, I will and, agree. And, it's very artsy. It's th- very that's artistic. That's Well, it's yeah. beautifully filmed. A lot of yeah. kind of handheld camera work, natural light. I mean, it's beautiful. And that house? Wow. Terry Valentine's house. It's Yeah, he has like like an infinity pool like going off a cliff, it looks like. I mean, Like, like no balcony. Yeah. I mean, you could kill yourself. Well, and, and he kills a guard by throwing him off the... <laughs> The cliff, yeah, uh, or pushing him over the railing. <laughs> one of the more one of the more memorable scenes. He just casually tosses yeah, this dude off, like, and I guess that's another example of what I'm saying. It, that that scene, it doesn't. There's not a lot of suspenseful buildup there, right? It just kind of happens. Well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, you know, their suspense as far as the two guys were outside, but this was right after he almost got caught. By like sneaking into the house and like taking a picture of his daughter, like he he was rummaging around in the house and he almost got caught. Yeah, and so and then he was looking a little suspicious. So one of the guards comes out and when this guard confronts him, when they have their their moment, that was hilarious. That was it's great. played in the background. Yeah, right. We see it like happening in the background. And he just chucks him right over. So it it's played as kind of a laugh. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah, I, that was pretty funny. Above everything else in this movie, I mean, like this is a great showcase for Terrence Stamp, 
And he's a guy who's been, I mean, acting for decades. Yeah. He's known, I mean, he plays the bad guy a lot, He usually in supporting roles. This is a whole a whole film just kind of built around him. He, he digs into it. And yeah. It's, it's a great role for him. I mean, more than anything else, it works as that. If you like Terrence Stamp, I mean, this is as good as he gets on camera. I guess the, the, the two, I mean, the two characters are the supporting characters that I don't really, I mean, I get that he's getting information and they were his daughter's friends. One is Louis, Louis Guzman. Who I love. I absolutely adore him. That's another Soderbergh regular. Um, but they're, they're the two friends. He could have just used those two friends to get the information and that'd be that. But he's always going back to those friends, and they become friends. And you well, know, I, I guess it, he's just learning about his daughter. But like, it just seems a little redundant. Well, a lot of in it my opinion is, I think, cutting back to like the same conversation, right? I, I believe we I cut back to the same conversation he has with Louise uh, a couple of times. Well, yeah, you do. But then there's dry, he's driving in the car, right. and then I mean, there there are a lot of like he's hanging out with these folks. It's kind of a hangout movie. Yeah. That, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. It's not, you know, the next movie we're talking about, Sexy Beast, there's a lot more suspense in that movie. This movie, it's just, it, yeah, it's more of just kind of like a hangout, get to know this character sort of film, which I, I appreciate. And it really gives, you know, like the dad, you know, he has been, you know, in prison, doesn't really know his daughter. His daughter knows that he's a criminal. I mean, it, it's him just trying to get to know his daughter and to avenge what he feels like a, a murder. He was kind of a bad dad. He was a bad right? dad. And so really, I mean, a, a lot of this movie is him just kind of coming to terms with that. Yep. Like he let his daughter down. And I guess this is kind of his way of cleansing himself of that, sort of making right uh, however he can. Yeah. Um, even though he didn't do it while she was alive. It, it's... But I think he was in jail. Right. I think he just got out. And when he got out, she was dead. Well, and there's this bit that he kind of remembers where, like, whenever she finds out about something he's up to, she threatens to call the cops. Yeah. And they have, like, a big argument. But he knows that she's never going to actually do it. Yeah. And that that kind of ties into her relationship with Terry Valentine, right? Well, because I think she ta- she looks at Terry Valentine as like our father figure. Like you, as women, we date our dads and we marry our dads, or somewhat similar to our dads. And that's what she she fell in love with a dad like figure that was caught in some shenanigans. Caught in shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was caught like distributing drugs. Well, yeah, yeah. It turns out like Terry Valentine, and the movie's kind of vague on plot details. Yeah, that's you kind of, you yeah. really. I mean, you need to just kind of really pull from the little details. Well, he needed money because his he's in it, the drug trade. Well, yeah, Terry Valentine. I think his money from his record producing days is coming to a close, and he needed quick money. But this was the only time he did it. Okay, sure, yeah. And just yeah, to he's get not that quick cash, right? Yeah, this isn't like his typical bread and butter. He's sort of just dipping his toes in. Yeah, like Michael Fassbender and The Counselor. Great movie. You're, you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember that movie, The Counselor with Michael Fassbender? Brad Pitt gets decapitated. Oh no! Cameron Diaz fucks the hood of a car. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. In that movie, he's just, he's a regular guy who's kind of strapped. He dips his toes into some drug running. (laughs) That's a hell of a movie. Yeah, you see that movie, you don't forget it. (laughs) 
this character, Terry Valentine, he's doing <laughs> he's doing a similar deal uh, where he's yeah just trying to get some money off of a, like a little heroin deal. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, I, I would say like this. This is a great. Like little like noirish character study. It is. It's it's a good movie. Um, I would rate it probably a B, B plus. Okay. I think it's actually a pretty good date movie. Yeah, it helps that it's nice and short. I mean, not even not even ninety minutes. Yeah. I mean, a nice tight eighty nine minutes with it. with credits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat that. So yeah, I mean, at eighty nine minutes, even the worst movie, it's like well. That wasn't too long. Well, it's like, yeah, by the time you realize like how bad it is, you're probably already 30 minutes in. And it's like, okay, I can endure maybe one more hour. Well, that it was 10 minutes in for West Side Story, maybe five. <laughs> well, that was a uh, <laughs> like two-hour, 45-minute movie. So that's, yeah, that's when you know you're in trouble. What about you? <laughs> what did you think? I Yeah, I love this movie. I'd seen it once before, and I was looking forward to revisiting it. And yeah, this is, this is one of Soderbergh's kind of... Um, like unsung gems it, you know it didn't make a lot of money at the box office didn't get a lot of awards attention but it's definitely grown you know with uh, just kind of a, a cult audience uh, yeah it, it's it's gained an audience uh, over the years and it's it, it's a great one it, it's just it's a little gem there you go and yeah why don't we take uh, a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about sexy bees oh yes we will all right we're back and we're going to talk about sexy beast the IMDb plot summary reads, Brutal gangster Don Logan recruits retired safecracker Gale for one last job, but it goes badly for both of them. And this movie has an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it made about $10 million worldwide back in 2001, so this fared uh, a little better than The Limey. I, mean, I can't I, believe it. I mean, again, both of these were art house movies. Yeah. And I, I saw Sexy Beast in theaters. I saw it at an art house theater. This is one I, of your favorite bl- movies. Like, it, it blew I, my I, mind. It blew my mind 20 years ago, and it's still blowing my mind. It blew my mind last night. I, 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 can't, it. E- I can't even believe that I'm married to you <laughs> because, like, this movie was awful. It, it was what, bad. I didn't like what, the lead actor. I didn't you, like, I mean, Ben saying? Kingsley was over the top. I mean, like, it just was not for your wife. Let's back it up a little bit. Okay. Um, this movie, it did get Ben Kingsley an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor. And I'd say it also definitely leveraged the careers of Ray Winstone and Ian McShane. Because uh, this was the first time I'd ever seen either of them in a film. And after this movie, they're popping up everywhere. So this movie, uh, you know, it definitely helped elevate their careers. I mean, so Ben Kingsley probably would have won the Oscar if he, like came down and dialed it down at the oscars in 2002 uh he lost to jim broadbent for, i love him for iris i mean what the hell is iris <laughs> who remembers that movie anyways um so yeah at the start of this movie we meet gail who's played by ray winstone and he's just lounging uh, by the pool he's just i mean he's a, like a, a thong like a male g-string just sunning himself by the pool. He's living the good life. He is retired. He's got this weird pool boy. Like, why would you Having have... a shirtless pool boy doesn't, would you doesn't mean a... that you're fucking them. Why would you have a 12, 13-year-old pool boy because, being I mean, hired it's... at your house? I mean, that he's in he's on the coast of and, Spain. And, and he's a getting, Speedo. He's getting the people who are nearby and available to work. Yeah. It happens to be this young... The guy, un... the little boy is in a Speedo. Just because you have a, like a shirtless pool boy does not mean that you are engaged in sexual relations with them. And also, it's Spain. It's hot. You see how hot it is. 
What, you're going to like clean the pool with like a shirt and jeans? I can say that, but board shorts. I mean, come on. Like surf shorts? Yeah. We're getting off, we're getting off track here. We are getting off track. <laughs> I, I have a lot of issues with he this has, movie. He has a pool boy. It's yeah. no big deal. He lives with but, his wife on the coast of Spain. He's who, a retired... Who's an ex-porn star. <laughs> you say that with like judgment. I mean... I'm not judging. People in the porn industry, they have lives beyond their work in the adult film industry. And so I think that's one of the things that makes this a good love story is that her past doesn't factor in to his love for her. He clearly loves her absolutely unconditionally. So it's it's real true love. Well, not really because like the fir- the opening scene we have of her is her in her convertible with all and she just went on a shopping spree. So and what? it's like she's just using him for his money. That's, I think, that's I think the impression that I got. You didn't get that she loved him, that her love no. for him was sincere and genuine? Well, I mean, at the end you do. I mean, she, yeah. she kills for him. Absolutely. I get it. Their relationship feels emotionally sincere and honest, the way it's played. Like, she's, she's not like a trophy wife that he bagged. She's the source of his happiness. Beyond, like, the house and all the trappings, I mean, that's all, like, gravy. Yeah. She's the true source of his happiness. And he's happy and retired and i mean he's living the life on the coast of spain just by his pool and in this opening scene this crazy scene a giant boulder rolls down and just crashes right into his pool and there's some foreshadowing for you (laughs) (laughs) um i mean there's a lot of just kind of surreal touches and uh, surreal flourishes in this film i mean there's some, some dream sequences just the audacity of the filmmaking is something to behold in this movie the story was just so convoluted. It was just like, you know, a drug, a drug, a drug pen guy gets word of a safe that needs to get cracked, and you know, knowing the best safe guy in town, he he tries gonna, to hire them. Yeah, this guy Gail, he's just he he spends his days just by the pool, barbecuing with his buddies, and just uh, you know, drinking and dancing with his wife, and just just loving life. And so bored. <laughs> well, I mean, you see where he's living. I mean, you got this incredible view. I mean, that'll keep you occupied for a little, little while. For a week. I hear you. Yeah. No, he's he's checked out. Yeah. He, like he's he's he, definitely like he's in his element. And yeah, if you're just gonna like, I mean, retire and just say f it all. I mean, like do it, do it like this. Do it like that. Absolutely. Do it in style. So I, I mean, I admire that. And but yeah, he gets some bad news that Don Logan, who is uh, played by Ben Kingsley, he's on his way to town to try and convince him to do a job back in London. Yeah. And this job it involves drilling um, through a steam bath into yeah, pers- like personal vaults. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, Ian McShane he kind of arranges for this heist to go down and. You know, Don Logan is his point man. He's going to assemble the team. And Ray Winstone is part of that team. He's a great safe cracker. And, you know, Don Logan comes into town and he's just, he's given the hard sell yeah. to Gail. I mean, there's, we got like a solid 30, 40 minutes of him just wearing Gail down. Yeah. Like, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> and, and he's not taking no for it. I mean, and he's going crazy. I come over here for professional reasons, nothing else. On a professional mission. I've got to get a team together, I've got to handpick a team. And I had you in mind for that team. But quite frankly, your attitude appalls me. It's not what you're saying. It's all the stuff I'm not saying. Insinuendos. 
You really are demonstrating some whopping great ego, my friend. I keep that checking part with you. Because that sort of beginning this could be a right turn off. Now, if you don't want to do the job, fair enough, I can accept that, and we'll leave it at that. And consider what I know about you and the outrageousness of what's going on inside your head. Whatever stinky thoughts you're having, which I don't really know. Because it's so disgusting. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. I would like to leave now, this minute, please. Give me a taxi. It's insane. He's, you know. <laughs> this is quite a performance. A little, he's being violent. He like he's barges into scaring people. Barges into like his bedroom, like while he's sleeping, and just starts beating on him. Like at one point, you know, he acts like he's gonna leave, and he goes to the airport, and then he gets himself thrown off the plane because he's smoking a cigarette and he won't put it out. And there's a funny scene afterwards where like he's being <laughs> questioned by like TSA. <laughs> And, you know, he's saying, like, he was sexually assaulted. Oh, my God. And that's why he had to smoke to calm his nerves. Have you ever been sexually assaulted? No, neither have I until today on that plane. What? Yeah, that's what I said. Here's me, put my bag up in the cupboard. Next thing you know, off your hands on me. Someone's touched me. Touched my front. My front bottom. I can't believe it. I've gone all cold. I look round. He's standing there, isn't he? That steward with a guilty look on his face. I was shocked. I didn't know what to say. I'd sit down. I wasn't that perturbed. Now, I don't know whether they wanted me for a twos-up or something. I don't know how they work it. But I'll tell you what, it scared me. I was shaking like a leaf. So, without thinking, I lit up a cigarette to calm my nerves. I was trembling. I was very emotional. And that's when all the rest of it happened. It's very regrettable. And, yeah, so he just, he won't leave them alone. And so it builds to a violent confrontation and, you know, Don Logan, he has a, a personal history with uh, Gail's friend's wife. Yeah. Uh, whose name is Jackie. And so it's clear that he still kind of, you know, harbors a flame yes. for this girl. But, yeah, it comes down to, like, he like he breaks a bottle over Ray Winstone's head. That's true. And then Ray Winstone's wife comes out with a shotgun. Yeah. And just blasts him down. Well, no, it's not. I, I so she, it was She the, blasts him twice. It was the first the, blast puts him on the ground. And then there's the struggle. But what about the pool boy? Because the pool boy got the gun first. I think the pool boy shot him first. The pool boy didn't shoot him. He takes the gun from the pool boy and then just he like butts him with the, the end of it. Yeah. That's when the wife comes out with the shotgun. <laughs> and she's pretty badass. Yeah. I feel like this is a good role. Uh, played by an actress named Amanda Redman. And this is really all I know her from. But she she's strong in this. And this is not, again, it's not just like a trophy wife role. Like yeah. the nagging wife. You know, the husband is very honest about what he's done in the past and how he got his money. And like, so having this guy, big bad guy come into town, she knew what the implications were going to be. She didn't want him going back into that life. She, she makes critical choices that affect this story. Yeah. So she she's an important character. She's a strong character, but I mean she's not the main character. It's it's really focused on Ray Winstone's Gale and Don Logan, and it's a great oh, it's a great acting showcase for the two of them. And you're telling me you didn't like Ray Winstone in this? I did not. He's perfect as this kind of just jackass. Well, he's not a jackass. I mean, he's good at what he does. He just doesn't want to do it anymore, and he's he's got he's gotten soft. He's living a life where he's just laying around, and that's he's I mean, okay I with just, it. I just thought like he was just lazy. Well, the whole opening scene, yeah, I mean, just lazy. really, really goes uh, like above just and beyond like, to let you know how lazy he is. Like a snoozer. I don't like lazy characters. Well, he rises to the occasion. 
I mean, we can assume this guy, he's had an action-packed life. And he wants to just shift it into a different gear. I For get his later that. years. Yeah, I mean, it's... This movie just didn't... It, it rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know why. Like, I just... I didn't feel like this was going to be a top on my list. <laughs> These actors don't do it for you. Mm-mm. Ben Kingsley doesn't do it for you? Not in this movie. But maybe it's because I have a preconceived, you know, he's never, he never plays the bad guy. He's, he's Gandhi. Yeah. Know, and here, he never he, plays the bad guy. And then here he's playing. That's why it's, it's so amazing. And maybe that's why I have like this, like real. That's part of the amazement of this performance. Like, yeah, this is Gandhi. This is, you know, nice guy, Ben Kingsley, you know, man of peace. And here he is uh, like a. Psychopath. Absolute. Like, yeah. Sadist. Psycho. I mean, he gets his- comeuppance i mean he gets his well yeah i mean it pretty much takes the whole crew to take him down he starts like fighting with all of them even though he's been like blasted in the gut with a shotgun yeah and yeah it takes gail's friend eich yeah to like slam a like a chest of tools on his head (laughs) he like he crushes his skull i don't know what he puts on his head but it's like a heavy box. I think it's a rock or like you know something that's... Something heavy. Yeah. He lifts it over his head and just crushes his skull. <laughs> and that's yeah and so yeah he's dead and so Gail has to go to London and do the job to kind of cover I guess. Yes. I guess because he knows like if he doesn't go they're just they're gonna come for him anyways. Yeah. Because they're gonna know that something happened right there. And so he tries to just play it off like yeah you know uh, Don he called me from the airport. Yeah, he's supposed to be here. He's supposed to be in town. I don't yeah. know what happened to him. Dropped him off. He flew off. You know, he said it was all good. And they're not really buying it. But uh, but yeah, they do this heist. And it's a success. It's a and success. it's a cool sequence. I mean, the way it kind of works around. And this movie's kind of playing with editing also. You know, it kind of drops off with the wife, Dee Dee, holding the shotgun. Right? And then we just kind of cut to London. Yeah. And you're left wondering, like, well, what happened to Ben Kingsley? What happened to Don? And we kind of, we cut back to it in snippets. Yeah. And to me, that's really, it's really effective how we kind of get that information just kind of gradually. Well, he's using that, I guess, anger to break open the wall. Because that's sure. what he's using. You know, he's under the water. He's got the, the Like the memories of that yeah, horrible he, night. Yeah. He's using that. I, to... didn't, I didn't even think of that. But that's, like the limey, this movie is like a tight, like 89 minutes. Of course, I was asking when it was over. So when I asked that, it's not good. I feel like this movie's pacing is great. And so, I mean, we have all this great stuff with Ben Kingsley, which is has a whole lot of suspense and tension and also some humor. I mean, I mean, this movie's full of humor and tension. I don't remember laughing. It's hilarious. Ben Kingsley is funny. Like, the shit he's doing... I mean, we just we both were talking about the TSA incident. That's a funny scene. There's weird, dark comedy in this movie that it leans into. The whole opening scene with him just stumbling around the pool and this giant boulder coming down it's surreal comedy and so yeah this movie definitely has a sense of humor and it also has a real edge to it i mean this movie has kind of a nasty violent edge to it uh which comes along with ben kingsley's character but um but yeah we get this great heist at the end where they're kind of drilling underwater and then it just it kind of just builds to this quiet scene between Ray Winstone and Ian McShane in the apartment. And Ray Winstone just completely just he doesn't break. 
He no. doesn't. He doesn't ever reveal like what happened to yeah, him. Yeah, he's like, I'm not. I'm not in this anymore. Yeah, that's all he says. I'm not in this anymore. I'm not doing this type of thing. <laughs> this is this is not my life. So yeah, they just clearly like they don't think much of Ben Kingsley. So I think that's why they kind of let him just go off. Well, I think if they really cared about Ben Kingsley, I mean, when you're that much of an asshole, you're not going to have too many allies like like looking to avenge you. <laughs> Well, I also feel like it was like a threat, like, okay, is ben, if Ben is still in your neck of the woods in Spain, I'm going to come there. Well, he does have a line, like, I'll have to drop by sometime. Yeah. And you do get the sense of, like, well... Dun, dun, dun. Well, this guy could be, like, the new Don Logan yeah. at another point in time. Yeah. These two actors, uh, great. I did not think this was a good date movie. I give it a D. <laughs> Maybe a D plus. Get, get real. Come on. Nope. Did not like it. This is a like a perfect movie. Shut the front door. Everything no. that it's trying to do, it is successful at. You're cray cray. Formally, it is precise. I do and like confident. the title, Sexy Beast. Yeah. Everything it, about this movie. I mean, the soundtrack is great. The performances are great. It's got a great style. It moves along at a clip. It's audacious. It's original. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Oh, this movie, it's, it's so great. I'm sorry you didn't enjoy this one. But I wasn't a fan. At least you enjoyed the limey. I did enjoy the limey. It, seemed like, it seemed like you weren't really enjoying the limey much when we were watching it. But then in hindsight, it kind of grew in favor for you. Yes. There you go. I think the same will happen with Sexy Beast. I don't think so. You just give it a couple more nights. Nope. Why waste my time? <laughs> okay. That'll do it. <laughs> You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>